A little over a hundred years ago, back in 1917, Mary appeared in Fatima, Portugal. I know I've spoken about Fatima numerous times, but she appeared to three shepherd children there, and she appeared to them numerous times that year. But July 13th was especially remarkable. Among other things, Mary showed the children that day a vision of hell. Lucia, the oldest of the children, later wrote the following about the vision's effects upon the younger of the visionaries, especially Jacinta. She wrote this, The vision of hell filled her with horror to such a degree that every penance and mortification was nothing in her eyes, if only it could prevent souls from going there. Jacinta often sat thoughtfully on the ground or on a rock and exclaimed, O hell, hell, how sorry I am for the souls who go to hell. Then, shuddering, she knelt down with her hands joined and recited the prayer Our Lady had taught us. The prayer that she recited there that was taught to them by Mary is one that we're familiar with whenever we pray the rosary. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Now you know where that part of that the rosary comes from. It's from Our Lady at Fatima. Hell is the most terrible reality we could ever experience. That's why a lot of people choose not to think about it, or choose to believe that it does not exist, or to even mock it, as happened in the Grammys recently. But it does exist. The church often reminds us of this fact. Because simply choosing to believe that something does not exist does not change reality. Our thoughts and feelings don't determine reality. St. Padre Pio once warned a man that if he didn't change his immoral living, he would end up in hell. And the man answered by saying, I don't believe in hell. Padre Pio simply said, you will when you get there. Jesus, Mary, Padre Pio, the church, they all remind us that hell is real and that it's possible for us to end up there. And they do this, why? Because they love us, and they don't want us to suffer that fate. So they tell us everything we need to know to avoid it. Remember, as our first reading said, before man are life and death, good and evil, whichever he chooses shall be given him. We always have a free choice between good and evil, between heaven and hell, and God respects our choice. So how do we avoid choosing poorly? Well, Jesus told us that to avoid hell, we got to have faith. Faith in him is God. And that's central. You know, that's that's the most important thing. It's, It's not the law that saves us. Jesus does. But the law is still important. Not all the necessarily the purity laws and things in the Old Testament, but the core of it, the divine law. The law Jesus refers to here is that law given to us to Moses, but especially the Ten Commandments. To break the law is to commit a sin. And if we sin, even in the tiniest way, we reject God's free gift of salvation and will not enter heaven, at least not without repentance. Maybe confession, if it's a mortal sin. Possibly, I think probably, a stop in purgatory for most of us. 
But we do know this. Sin is not the way to heaven. Now, some mistakenly think that, you know, the blood of Christ makes obedience to the commandments irrelevant for our salvation. Jesus has saved us, so that's all there is to it. But this isn't so. Jesus explained this when he said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. The divine law still stands. In the age of the church, we have tremendous grace. So much help available to us as we try to accept God's gift of heaven. I mean, he couldn't give us any more help. He gave us his very life upon the cross. But still, he respects our freedom. So hell is a possibility. Yet as we go through the Ten Commandments, we might be tempted to feel pretty good about ourselves. You know, that fifth commandment, you know, you shall not kill. Well, I haven't murdered anyone today, at least not yet. Uh, so I'm probably good to go, right? Well, not, not so fast. Jesus, as we heard, told the disciples the spirit behind the, the law, the commandments. He revealed God's full intent for the law. He gave us an understanding of the law as only he could as its author. We have to obey not just the letter of the law, as the scribes and the Pharisees tried and failed to do, but the intended spirit of the law, always interpreted through that lens of the law of love. And this is where it gets a little bit scary for us who maybe think we're doing all right. And Jesus gave us some very straightforward examples of what he meant. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But, Jesus says, I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to fiery Gehenna, that is, to hell. Willful anger that is chosen, that's a rejection of heaven and a choice for hell. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart and is guilty of serious sin. Just a lustful glance or any use of pornography at all, that is, it's a sin and one is guilty. Jesus goes on, whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This is very, very unfortunate. It's, it's, pert, it's uh, common uh, these days because we need to remember the state has no jurisdiction over sacramental marriage. Civil divorce does not end a marriage, and one is not free to remarry unless the marriage was invalid for some reason, and declared so by the church through a declaration of nullity and annulment. We all break the Ten Commandments at times, and thus become unworthy of heaven. We have to seek forgiveness. Jesus wants nothing more than to forgive us. We've got to seek forgiveness for our sins and make reparation for them either now or in purgatory. And praise God for the existence of purgatory. Many people ignore it or reject it. But I don't know about you, I don't think I'm perfect yet. And without being perfect, one cannot enter heaven. Purgatory is where people that die in friendship with God are made perfect. So I'm glad that it exists. This is what Jesus meant when he said, you will not be released until you've paid the last penny. It's purgatory. So when we hear all these words of Jesus today, it can sound easy 
for us to deserve hell. And honestly, it's easier than we like to think. But it's also easy for us, thanks to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and the sacrament of reconciliation that he gave us, to be forgiven for our sins. I mean, forgiveness is free. But we do have to receive it. It doesn't cost us anything except maybe our pride to you know, step into the confessional for even just a few moments. And yet what we get from Christ there, the ministry of the priest, is infinitely valuable. It's being made right with God. Back on the path to heaven. And so, we should all pray with the psalmist who said, Instruct me, O Lord, in the way of your statutes. Instruct me, O Lord, in the way of your statutes, that I may exactly observe them. Give me discernment that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Amen.